Welcome to Broadcast with a capital BR. I'm your host, Gio, and I am solo tonight. So, you know, we've had a little bit of things go on between, you know, Elmer Fudd having to work late, Dr. Shrimpley working more, and even myself. I've been extremely tired when I've gotten home from work, and so therefore we had to push this back till Friday, which is tonight, um, that we are recording on. So we are so sorry for having to push it back for so long. Um, I know that we're doing weekly podcasts now. You know, one week we'll be doing it with Elmore Fudd where we discuss all the community topics and everything like that. The next week we will be covering all the surveys and then we are in the works right now talking about ALGS content to come out as as Split 2 approaches. So we're super excited for everything that we're going to be able to bring you here at Broadcast, but we're just trying to get all of our ducks in a row before we start announcing everything The one thing that I can announce um, is that we are still on for a couple of things that are super exciting, and we will talk more about those in the quick topics. But with that, Broadcast is an Apex Legends podcast. It is your number one ultimate source of Apex Legends-related content. From news, deep dives, to community-related topics, as well as ALGS, we hope that you will join us for our quest and knowledge and mastery as we explore Apex together. With that said, we'd like to welcome any of our first-time guests. It would, If you would like to become a part of the broadcast community, please visit our link tree at linktree forward slash br underscore broadcast where you'll find all of our links. So let's go ahead and get into the topics for today. So the topic rundown for today is pretty simple. We've got our announcements and quick topics, which is a very short list for tonight. We have our Season 12 gameplay trailer that was released along with the Meet the Mad Maggie trailer that was released. After that, we've actually learned of some patch note leaks that we want to talk about and discuss here on the show so that you can be informed of what's coming up whenever you get the patch notes. Those are all from Dextro, and so you'll definitely find that find that link in the description. And then lastly, as stated, this is a survey podcast. So Um, One of the things we'll be doing here is we put out bi-weekly surveys, which takes two weeks. People can have time to answer. And then once those are answered, we then collect the information from those. And we will announce that kind of information on the show by giving you all the details of what everybody answered, how they answered, what they think. So this week's uh, survey was wildlife in the outlands, strictly talking about the PVE content through uh, the flyers the prowlers and the spiders. And so what does everybody think about that? And also the maybe upcoming Goliath being added into the game and how it should be added to the game is a hot topic right now. So with that, let's go ahead and move into our show announcements and quick topics. The first thing is that an ALGS episode will be coming soon. I believe split two starts on like February 26th. So we will definitely be putting out an episode after that. Unfortunately, due to time restraints and all that stuff, we were not able to get out anything on the split one playoffs. And by now, it would be really old news. If we were to put something out by now, it would be old news. And so therefore, it just makes sense that we don't at the moment. And so one of the things that we will be doing is as season two or as split two comes up, we will be releasing content and we'll definitely release content on the championships. The split one playoffs, it just took a lot of time and You know, if there's anything that we've told you all from the very beginning is that we're dads with kids with jobs. And so therefore, time is sometimes not in our favor. And unfortunately, 
the month of December and the month of January for both Fudd and I, and even Dr. Shrimpley has been a little tight. So therefore we weren't able to look at the game, what really watch the games, sit down and analyze them. And I felt like that the content that we would be bringing you is just literally like us reading off the results instead of like actually discussing any of our favorite moments. So therefore we're going to go and just move on with split two. The second thing is the kick esports interview is coming soon. I have confirmed with the in-game leader and the team that they are willing to do an, a podcast interview and that it will be coming soon. And we are super excited to have them on the show. And of course the last quick topic is that minute from minute updates is going to be interviewed by us. And it's going to be extremely exciting because he has over 38 K followers on, on uh, YouTube. He does daily content on apex legends. And so to have him on, as someone who within a year's time went from getting like 200 views on a video to now he's getting upwards to like a thousand to 2000 to 3000, however many on a video. So he's been very successful in a year's time earning up to 38,000 subscribers. And so having him on the podcast, we'll definitely be able to ask him some of those questions that of course, everybody is, everybody wants to ask a content creator, you know, how did, how do you do what you do? How much time does it take of your life? Um, where do you get your information? All that good stuff will be getting straight from the mouth of someone who does it. And so we are super excited because Minute Updates videos are very, very resourceful. They're very, very helpful. And they've been used plenty of times on the show in order to bring you the news that we bring you. So super excited there, um, especially with him making the nice comment he did in an email to me about the show and uh, we are so thankful that we have people like him that are able to give us criticism about the show. And so we're able to make changes to the show that make sense um, rather than maybe doing changes that wouldn't. So great thing to be interviewing Minute. He hails from Hong Kong. So it's an interesting um, difference in Kentucky versus Hong Kong. Um, but it's it's exciting for me. Right. I've This will be my second international um, interview. And so we had you know, the leave no witness from, uh, I think it was Brazil. And so uh, Brazil, Canada, and even the U.S., that was all in that one. And so now we'll have someone from Hong Kong coming on the show and um, super excited about that. I'm, I'm always excited to go international with things and to learn things, um, of course. So with that, let's go ahead and move into our season 12 gameplay trailer topic. So on Monday, this last Monday, Respawn released the Apex Legends Defiance gameplay trailer. And so some of the things that we learned were coming from this trailer, and I basically went in order here um, based upon how they did the trailer. Of course, they announced all three of the biggest things that were coming, which was LTM called Control, um, the map change, and then also Maggie are all coming to the game. And they highlighted all three of them in this very awesome five-minute video that was full of action, full of information, and a lot of things to really look at. Luckily, they did what they always do, and they went on uh, and added some of the content to their website on EA, so we were able to go into the LTM page on the EA website for Apex Legends and look and see what all was in that mode that we could then compare to the video, and the same for Mad Maggie and Olympus. So it's a very exciting um, to be able to look at all the content from different angles and really understand what we're getting in season 12. And, and, you know, with that, that ain't even it, you know, we don't even have the patch notes yet. So 
once we get those, it'll be very, very exciting because I think there's a lot of things coming in season 12 that we can look forward to. I think this is an exciting time. You know, season 11 was exciting. Season 11 did under deliver, right? Season 11, we were promised at the very beginning in words, like strict in words from a respawn person. Uh, I don't remember if it was the community manager or who, um, but they said that there would be more LTMs in season 11. And as we saw, there were not. So the fact that they finally brought an LTM to the game um, is very, 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 very exciting. So what we learned in the video was that Silva Pharmaceuticals, Dr. Silva from our video that we talked about last week, basically the guy who is now seen as the guy that's in charge of the Apex Games. You know, uh, the Apex Games were taken over control by the syndicate, I believe, from the IMC. So now we have Silva, who's kind of this guy that's fulfilling that role of sending people to the games. Um, and he's kind of played a trick on the people that are supporting him because they all think that he's in it for the, you know, to, he's a good gal, this kind of stuff. But we've kind of seen that he is not so good, especially with what he did to Olympus by sending it through a phaser and, and basically uh, almost like just causing upheaval and, and kind of destruction on that uh, on Olympus and just rearranging the different things um, on Olympus as far as buildings and things like that. So we'll talk more about that here in a minute and what that looked like in the gameplay trailer, but getting to control, we have, we, some things that we can confirm. And now that we've actually seen gameplay of it as well from streamers today, um, we can also maybe talk a little bit about that, but first thing first, it's nine versus nine. And you basically get to load in as squads of three. So you get, you know, you basically get two people in your lobby and then you queue into a random lobby where you'll get random six teammates, right? Or if you're a solo queuing in, you'll get nine random teammates. And as far as what I saw, I don't know this to be true, but I, I believe it was either you can only talk to your three Maybe you could talk to all, but I know that at the very end of the game, and, I, and you know we can confirm this later on, but at the very end of the game, you do get to talk to everybody because I remember watching, I believe it was TSM Viz play, and uh, Nick Merckx came, oh, yeah, heck yeah. So got very excited uh, whenever they won the game. Basically, it was their first game of control, and they were excited because they were technically undefeated in control because that was their first and only game. So, you know, very exciting stuff there today that we got to see. But like I said, so you get nine versus nine. This is really their first big team mode um, where they took in taken maps that are larger than their three versus three maps or their arenas maps, and they've applied them to more people. So this is very exciting because it's familiar maps, right? They There's a couple of maps that's come out, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but there's a couple of maps that are familiar to us um, that we'll just have to learn how to play control on. So the first thing that we saw was infinite respawn. Um, and basically what we see in this is that there's no ability to be revived. Uh, once your, your health goes down and your shields go down, you die, right? There's no, you, you fall down, you get picked back up. It's basically infinite respawn. One of the other things that I saw that was very interesting was infinite ammo. So that was very interesting to see. I don't really know how I feel about that, but it makes sense since there won't be really any ground loot in this mode. It'll be mainly care packages and things like that for Krabers and other items. So, you know, in a way I'm okay with the infinite ammo because 
it just makes it's it's one less stressor to put on a player whenever they're trying to take control of a point or get into a gunfight. And it adds kind of like a little bit of, I don't know, pizzazz or spiciness to the mode, knowing that you're never really going to run out of ammo based upon what loadout you pick. And that's another thing that we saw today was um, the loadouts that are available. So the loadouts that are available are close quarters, heavy assault marksman and sniper. So some of the things you'll see in each one of these, like for instance, close quarters, you'll see kind of a prowler um, PK kind of grouping there. You'll see like an R99 PK, R99 Mastiff, all that kind of stuff. In heavy, you'll see L-Star and Mozambique. Um, I'm sure like things in heavy, you'll also see maybe Flatline um, and maybe a Mastiff or a Rampage and a Mastiff or something like that. For assault, you have things like the R301 uh, along with the P2020. Um, different, different items like that, that would make assault great. You know, I'm sure you'll be able to get a different amount of things. Uh, maybe that's where the flatline fits. You know, I don't, I don't really know how they've put it all out. The marksman, um, one of my favorite ones so far, because I did get to confirm today, um, Tanner Slays was playing and he was able to use the triple take with the alternator in that class. And man, was it nasty. It was super awesome to see that he was able to take the long shots, able to move in with the alternator. The alternator kind of now feels more like a, um, you know, like a main weapon that you can use now. So it's very, it's not, let's just throw that out there. It's not a main weapon that you can use, but it feels like it based upon the damage that you're able to do. And then lastly, you have the sniper class. And what was seen in this is kind of like a wingman and a long bow. Um, of course, there's probably going to be a couple of different variations here, but you can expect at least one thing in this class, and that's to be a, sni a sniper to be in the class. So those are your five classes that we saw um, that were given to us on the page and when we saw the gameplay today. It'll be interesting to see what weapons they put in which and um, kind of like how these will cycle through. We don't know much on that yet, but... They will definitely cycle through. They might be a daily change. It might be hour, some hours before it changes, um, but we will be able to really get to learn our guns in a way that we've never got to, right? In a in a BR mode, you never really get to pick up a gun multiple, multiple games in a row and really learn it, whereas this, you'll be able to play control over and over again with the same gun, and, and you'll start feeling a little bit more comfortable with those guns because you're, you're forced to play them. And so it'll be interesting the, the way that people take to this mode and learning the guns. You know, I, I think that I like it in particular because, you know, you look at the marksman class here that on this one, they have the 30, 30 with the Eva eight. I'm not really good with either one of them. So I would rather have a triple take and a Mastiff, but this would force me to start learning the marksman. And since there's nothing to lose, um, then, I could use this 30-30 and not really feel like I'm losing much because I can switch guns between rounds. I can switch characters between rounds. Um, and so that kind of leads me into the next thing is the ability to select where you respawn. So you're able to select where you respawn based upon a, uh, you've maybe collected, say you've collected A and B. You can select A or B to respawn on. Say that you have a group of teammates, I believe this is true, that say that you have a group of teammates that's moving together, you can respawn on that teammate as far as what I saw. So it's pretty interesting to see how that, that works. 
and the ability to change your legend and loadout whenever you want to fit the situation that you know is currently going on. You know, for instance, let's say you need a long range weapon because you notice that the, the B on a, on a, at, um, at the lab is lab. Hammond labs is one of the maps at Hammond labs is, um, you know, a far way away. You need to be able to, you know, shoot at it or maybe a or C. I don't know exactly the layout. I'm about to talk about that here in a minute, but you know, say you needed to break into inside the Hammond labs. Cause that's where B's at. You then can switch to Maggie, use her uh, different abilities in order to push in since she's kind of a, an aggressive legend. You can switch to Octane to get in there quickly. I mean, this gives you the ability that BR has not been able to give us and even arenas because you're not able to switch characters in arenas. Your loadouts are, you have to buy your loadouts. These are just loadouts given to you. So it's extremely exciting to have this in the game. So the next thing that we saw was that owning a zone earns you points every second, right? So we talked a little bit about control last week and what control was. So we did find out some more details about how that plays out here. So of course, you know, owning a zone earns you points every second. The more zones you earn, the more points you earn every second, right? And then the first team to reach a score of 1,250 wins, right? So you'll have... The UI for this thing is very, very, very nice. Uh, we'll go into that here in a minute, but man, it is, it is beautiful. So they've also said that timed events will happen. We don't know really exactly what these look like yet. Um, it could be a care package drop. It could be um, a couple of different things. Now, we do know a couple of events that will happen. There, there's going to be capture bonuses placed on one point, um, which awards gives you an award. So the team that owns the zone while this capture bonus is on it for the time. And then when the time hits zero, that team will earn a large amount of points. What this does is it causes you to have to shift your focus in order to take a certain point, right? So let's say your team has a and B, but the enemy team has C and the point uh, capture bonus has been placed on C. That's going to force you as a team to move to C in order to get that capture bonus. Because honestly, we don't even know what that large amount of points looks like. Right. So it might, there might be a really good reason to go get C uh, and, and maybe drop a, so it's a really interesting thing they've done here to shift focus of the players as they're in this mode. And it's, it's already a hectic mode. I can promise you that is crazily hectic, um, especially on Hammond labs and B with B being in the building. So super hectic there. Uh, the, another thing they've done is if your team has total control, let's say your team has a, B and C under control, then you get what's called a lockout timer, right? So I actually got to see this today that I was watching TSM Vis, like I've mentioned earlier, and he actually, his team captured the A, B, and C, and literally the lockout came over and their team won. So basically the team controlling um, can hold the lockout until the timer reaches zero. Our timer will start once lockout begins. They will immediately win the game. However, if the team that locked out is, can successively regain control over any zone, then the lockout will be removed and the game will resume as normal. So, you know, it's not saying that if you get lockout, you're automatically going to lose the game. The The reality behind it is it, it forces your team to push a point and take it immediately or you're in trouble for losing. It's not as easy as like, oh, well, I can give them all three points for 30 seconds. This is going to place a timer that's going to force you 
to push certain points. And so, you know, that's where teamwork is very important and communication is very important because it's going to force you to take a point immediately. So you can't all just spread out wherever you want to go. So extremely exciting there to see lockout um, and, and what they've done there. The next thing they did was they added ratings. So ratings are broken up into tiers, blue, purple, and gold. Each tier is progressively hard to earn, but grants you more powerful weapons. Every time you gain a tier, you'll also gain your ultimate. So that is one thing that I really liked about the mode was that the ultimate is not necessarily a given, right? You don't get a time, you know, you don't get like 30 seconds for an ultimate cooldown. Your, your ultimate is earned through doing things in the mode, such as uh, killing players or any, anything that would reward you tier points. It's going to give you your ultimate much faster. And so one of the people I watched that was really, really, really good uh, shroud today. I mean, dudes went through tears like it was nothing. So of course the way that you do that is that you, you kill people and your, your ultimate, uh, you know, your charges and you'll see basically on the UI down there in the bottom around your ultimate circle, there'll be another little pop up there now that gives you the tier that you're in, whether it's blue, purple or gold. And it'll tell you how many points you need to earn to get to that next tier. Now, the next cool thing about this is that the tiers can then be seen on like kind of a scoreboard where basically you get kind of recognition for how good you are. And I think that's very important, right? You know, you kind of need to know in these kind of modes, it's okay to have some clout because you are the one carrying the team. That is completely all. That's just awesome to, to have that in apex. We've never really had that in apex. Really. The only time you got any, any like fame or success is when you got to the end screen and saw how many people you killed, how much damage, but it was only for you three that were in the team together or you and the randoms. Whereas now, you know, uh, you know, the whole both enemy and allies will get to see, the, who's the best in the lobby? Who carried these teams to success? So that's really, really cool. Now, before I go on, the way that the UI is set up um, is that on the top, you'll have two bars or really one. No, you'll have one bar and then you'll have on both sides, it'll be red and blue. We had stated on the last podcast that there will be a red team and a blue team. And so as you take points and earn point or take points, you'll be able to gain points on either side um, of that bar and whoever of course hits the max points win it will give you a percentage up there of what that of what team has that has that many points so if you have like you know so many of the 1250 then or the 1500 it looks like on the ui it says so either one of those is going to be it if you have so many percentage then it's going to show that percentage of how many points you have to win the game and then of course you'll have a map like where you can look at A, B, and C on the map. You'll be able to see where the tridents are. And then one of the coolest things that I noticed about the game play is that you don't have to heal shields. You can heal only health. So they give you syringes and med kits, but basically what you have is right above your character um, tag, you have a, a armor break thing that basically when your armor breaks, a counter uh, counts down and then after the counter gets to zero, your armor gets filled back up. So, uh, it's a pretty fast feel too. It's more, I would say it's faster than Watson's ult, which is is pretty nice. But 
it's one less thing to worry about. You know, they've took ammo out of the stress pool, right? You don't really have to worry about ammo. And now you don't have to worry about shields. You just need to worry about taking the cover while the break time um, goes out so that you can get your shields. But one thing that you will have to worry about is the ability to heal yourself with med kits and all that kind of stuff. So very, very cool there. Um, not having to worry about shields. It'll be extra interesting to see with, with how it, it works with an alt like um, Watson's ult. So, you know, how will this work? Will you be able to, will Watson's ult still be able to charge shields in this mode? We don't know yet. So that's one thing that we'll have to see. Now, the next thing I, like I said earlier, one of the, I kind of spoiled it for you already. One of the maps is Hammond labs on Olympus. That's going to be one of your maps. And the way that that's situated is near the covered shelter to the right or to the, I guess you would say east of Hammond labs. You'll have a up on the hill to the west. You'll have C and then in the middle of the building in the open room that that's kind of up the stairs from the lower level of Hammond labs is where you'll have B. And let me tell you what this made for some great gameplay to watch. You know, there is people up on the waterfall at Hammond Labs sniping down at uh, people trying to make it into B. There was people in B that was just this huge firefight all the time. Uh, Maggie makes it very interesting. <laughs> you know, I got to see Maggie played on every team today, and holy cow, um, this this mode was really made for her. Um, so one of the you know one of the things we'll see is how prominent she is in this mode. But of course, you can use multiple legends. That's one thing that we did find out from the video. We know that each team, um, I, I believe the way it will work, it really hasn't been shown yet, but I think the way it'll work is since there's three squads queuing in, you could technically have three of the same character. What we've seen so far is just two of the same character, um, but I don't think that they can really limit, if they're bringing in three different lobbies, then I'm, I'm sure maybe you can have three of each character. So hopefully we don't get kind of a, Oh, these are the top three characters to pick to have three, three of, and that's how it's played, right? Hopefully we get to see a variety of characters through this. Um, and, and hopefully we don't get to the point where respawn believes that we need to limit the character, like limit it down to one character per player rather. Uh, Cause I really like the idea of having the same character multiple times in a game mode, um, especially with something like control since, you know, you can utilize someone like Pathfinder to get up near the waterfalls on top of Hammond Labs. I mean, you can do all kinds of things with with him. So the next map is going to be Barometer on Tropic. Uh, not Tropic. I put Tropic Island, but it's actually Storm Point. Um, and so the way that I believe this one will be set up based upon some images that I saw was that the tower that overlooks the actual like things sticking up at barometer is where B will be held. And I think your two buildings on the both sides of that antenna in the middle will be A and C is the way that it looks. I don't know that for sure. It's not been confirmed. Uh, I couldn't find it really anywhere, but that is how I believe it will work, which makes B extremely hard to get right. It'll be up high. Um, you can push from down low. I mean, if you hold B, People could really be coming from all kinds of directions. So we'll see what it looks like. Um, one thing that I did see that was very interesting too was I noticed that one of the guys flew off the map by accident and they were able uh, to to be able to fly back in. Um, so that, that was pretty cool to see also. 
Um, and so that's really what I've got for the LTM modes. Of course, if you are for the LTM mode uh, control, of course, if you want to go see any gameplay um, for the LTM, you can go on YouTube. Some of the people have already posted that play. There's leaks out there. I never want people to go look at leaks, um, but you can go do that. I guess since it's now out there in the open, you can go do it. But there was leaks before this uh, kind of stream play happened. But, you know, people like Shroud, TSM Vist, Tanner Plays, Nick Merckx, um, Lulu Lovely, all of them were playing in this. So definitely go check it out. Um, see what see what you can do and what you can think of um, before you drop into Olympus and Barometer or into Hammond Labs and Barometer next season. So super exciting for February 8th and what will be there. So the next thing in the video, the gameplay trailer that was highlighted and also in the Maggie gameplay trailer that we were given just a few days ago or a day ago was Maggie's ults or not ults, but her abilities, right? So her ability, her passive ability is pretty interesting. It's called Warlord's Ear, Air, Irie, something like that. I'm so bad at this, but uh, Warlord's, I'm going to say Ire or something like that. I don't know exactly. But basically what this does is it temporarily highlights, it temporarily highlights enemies you've damaged and move, and you also move faster with a shotgun. So this was shown in the, the LTM play. I mean, literally you can take, her, uh, her tactical, let me go ahead and actually cover all three of them. So you have the tactical ability called riot drill, where you fire a drill that burns enemy through obstacles. Um, we saw that in the gameplay trailer with the box. She shot it at the box. It kind of drilled into it and then shot flames out the other side of the box in order to do damage. Um, and then lastly, we have the wrecking ball. And that's basically where you throw a ball that releases speed boosting, pads and then detonates near enemies. So what we saw really in the gameplay trailer and also in control is that this combination of the riot drill and her passive warlords is very, very powerful. Even if you never used her ult, just the ability to have those two extremely, extremely powerful. So, you know, for instance, what we saw in the control gameplay was, you know, if they push in, to be at Hammond's right. Um, and then they saw that people were uh, crouching down behind a wall that was near the B point. They would use the drill fired out towards them. It would hit the wall and then it would do damage on the other side, which would then activate the passive ability, allowing you to see the damage player along with your other teammates to see them. And it actually, the, the passive actually lasts a pretty good while you're able to see this person for, I don't even, I mean, I couldn't imagine. Like it was like five to 10 seconds or something like that. So this is a pretty good uh, amount of time for a gameplay. Um, you know, you have enough time to, to chase them down. You have enough time to um, aim at them or tell other teammates to aim at them. It's a pretty good time. And the, the fast movement with shotguns that, that only affects mad Maggie is, extremely fast. I would almost equate it to bloodhounds alt speed. There is basically no, uh, you know, she doesn't really get slowed much and she starts moving extremely fast. And so playing Maggie with a shotgun will be the best advantage while using this character. You really don't want to do anything different. You want to play a shotgun as one of her side, either a sidearm or a main, 
Um, and then, you know, be able to switch to that whenever you have damaged people with your riot drill in order to push into them and be very aggressive. This is a very, very aggressive character. You do not, if you're playing Mad Maggie, you're not a passive sniper character. You are an aggressive person that pushes buildings, uh, you know, looking to break down doors with your drills. You know, if you see a rampart set up somewhere, this is not, you're going to sit back and take passive shots at the rampart. This is, you're going to find a way to get to that rampart, send your drill in there and then push them in order to kill them. So Mad Maggie adds a lot of fun to the game with that. Now, one of the things that we did see with these abilities <laughs> is some crack stuff, right? So, you know, of course we know they stick to rampart shields, but one of the most exciting things that could shake up the meta, even in ALGS play is the ability that they can attach to a Gibby bubble. Holy crap. So we saw that in the Mad Maggie gameplay trailer uh, where, you know, she fired at a Gibby bubble. It screwed into the bubble and then shot flames into the bubble. This could force a Gibby to either move to one side of the bubble so that whenever you push in the bubble, the shield dancing for the Gibby will be a little bit harder. It could force them completely out of the bubble. It could, you know, I mean, and it looked like to me, it looked like Mad Maggie takes no damage from this riot drill. So, I mean, the ability to count the, the counterability here with the Gibby, the Rampart, um, I mean, even the caustic, right? You know, a caustic set up in a building, you fire a riot drill at it, and then all the gas goes, you wait for the gas to dissipate. And then, you know, you push in or anything like that to get that. The defensive part of this game has now been countered by one character. The You know, the hard part here is, is that you, you've got three characters on a team in BR and even nine in control. You know, can Maggie be chosen all the time? Will she be a, a, a must pick now? I don't know. Um, the next thing, of course, like I said earlier, is her wrecking ball. This is wild. And and so Candy Rue from YouTube, if you haven't checked out his video, he was able to go into the firing range with uh, Mad Maggie and he showed off not only the right drill, the passive you can't do in the firing range, but the wrecking balls distance, um, you know, in the firing range, you have those four platforms that hold all of the guns from one end of the platform on one side to the other end, he was able to throw the wrecking ball the entire distance of those platforms. And what was even crazier is the, of course, you know, you have that, but that distance alone, then not only that, but you get speed boost by following the different uh, pads that are thrown out. And so pushing teams with her, if you use the riot drill to do damage, use her passive then to highlight the characters, and then use the wrecking ball in order to throw it in towards those characters and get the speed boost from not only that, but your, your shotgun and your whole team can follow that speed boost. I mean, this character and it's a, and her ability to push teams. <laughs> oh, like it's just crazy. It, it makes me excited because I'm an aggressive player. Elmer Fudd's an aggressive player. And so, you know, this is definitely a character that, it, it might be important to play, you know, she might be important enough that you need to pick her. Um, but you, you do have to also know that the, the, uh, you know, there are downsides to a character like this, right? If you, you push in, um, if you're one of those people that 
that pushes in without teammates. You know, you need to make sure that you coordinate pushes with her. Um, you know, the wrecking ball itself is not, so it's not heat seeking. It's not anything like that. Um, so you'll have to be careful with that and the way that you use it. Um, and, and, you know, of course the, the biggest thing here is that teams know what she's going to bring to the table. So as soon as they see their first riot drill, they're, they're going to know they either need to escape. Um, so, you know, the, the, having the, the, uh, the ultimate ready, whenever you decide to push a team might be very, very important before you ever let a team know of your presence. So we'll of course break her down later in the future as we get to see her. But I definitely wanted to bring you all of her abilities here, um, let you know that she is a direct counter to a lot of the defensive players, especially Gibby with the bubble. That is huge. Um, so very, very exciting stuff there. The next thing is that we saw, we got to see Olympus, right? So basically we have objects and buildings that have been teleported all around. And these buildings appear to be blue, kind of a flickering blue color. Not, uh, it, it isn't like it's a box and you can tell it's a, and you see the outline of a box. It's was, well, yeah, you do see that line, but it's all blue and flickery. It just looks like it's been teleported, but it's kind of stuck in a phase mode. So it's very, very cool to see there. Um, and, and this is at different points in the map, right? I saw one point look like it had half a building sticking out of the ground. Um, even the new POI itself, it, it kind of is like antenna on, um, on storm point, except for fill in the hole where you could fall down an antenna. And so this is a, a circular center at the point with a lot of different loop bins and things like that. And on the outside is boxes and buildings for you to be able to snipe anybody that lands in the middle uh, of this area. It's a very enclosed area with a, uh, with a small uh, kind of like if you, if you could uh, the, I forget what it's called, but the engines or the tur turbine on Olympus already, it kind of looks like the entrances to turbine have been put around this circular phaser or whatever that Silva brought out. So very, very cool changes there. Um, and of course, I believe that the map, uh, some of the POIs have been rearranged. So it'll be very exciting to see what all is brought there and, and what that looks like. Um, will we have to go into Olympus? Olympus hasn't really been destroyed, but it has been rearranged. And so it was, it's an interesting take from respawn to not really destroy the plant, uh, the thing of Olympus, like they did with Kings Canyon and world's edge, but more rearrange it instead of, and, and also instead of adding on, I don't really know if, I mean, yes, of course with the new POI you've added on, but it's not really, I don't think it's like a new section of Olympus. I just think it's been placed on the already ground of Olympus, but we'll be able to see that more whenever we get to play in season 12. But that's definitely what's going on with Olympus there. We also saw in the trailer quite a few sick skins, right? We saw a flamed, uh, it looked like a R99 or, or, or a, um, or a prowler or whatever that was. I, I think it was a prowler, something like that. R99 or something like that. Um, with flames on it. So we're definitely getting this rebel biker theme um, that we talked about on last week's podcast um, for the, um, for this, this season. So one of the, the, the best skins that we heard about the most is Loba skin where she's kind of wearing a leather Brown jacket. She's got, a, it looks like a lot of like powder on her face. It's kind of like she's done up her makeup uh, with like her hair with a couple ponytails and some highlights in the front 
And really what they've done here is they, they've been able to make her look very, very pretty, very beautiful. Um, not only with the new outfit, but also with, with her face. And it was, it was one of the hot, most highlighted skins, um, that you saw during the gameplay trailer. So very excited for that Loba skin. It'll probably be a rare or something like that. So be looking to spend a lot of money to get that skin. Um, hopefully maybe it'll come to us easily, but I'm going to guess that it's going to cost you a little bit of cash. One of the other coolest things that we saw here was we were able to see that they started making skins for three characters that kind of matched. So we have the, we already have um, a couple of these skins. One of them was uh, Lobus purple skin. And so it's kind of a purple blue skin. I don't know exactly the name, but they also showed that uh, Bangalore and Valkyrie will have purplish blue skins. We saw that, you know, like the yellowed coat with the purple stripes and the white bottom, the, the kind of, I don't really know what you'd say, like a wintry skin for uh, crypto is going to be given to Watson and Mirage and Watson's going to get cat ears, which is pretty cute. Um, and then we also saw another set where Mad Maggie skin was kind of revealed and it kind of looks like um, da Davy's locker kind of skins like these, you know, underwater zombie pirate skins. Um, and that, of course, comes from Fuse's skin. And it looks like you're going to be getting two skins that kind of go along with that from Bloodhound and from Maggie. So it's very interesting to see that they're actually making skins that can now be, you know, if you have a whole team, you can kind of match here in BR and drop in BR looking pretty cool. Um, I plan on getting that Watson skin because that is sick looking. The She has the big fluffy wintry coat on with the yellow and the words in the neck and just looks amazing. Mirage is showing his chest, you know, poor Mirage who dies every gameplay trailer, you know. So very, very cool skins. Um there is more skins to talk about, which we will get to here in topic two. So let's go ahead and move on to topic two, which is a season 12 patch note leaks. The first thing that we are told in this, and it's very disappointing. You know, one of the things that we look forward to every new, uh, every anniversary is the ability to earn heirloom shards. It looks like, what I've heard and from leaks is that we will not be able to earn heirloom shards, but instead we will be getting what they are calling mythic skins or what other people are calling prestige skins. Um, the first prestige or mythic skin that we're going to be getting is from bloodhound. And so you saw this in the gameplay trailer where it kind of looks like Wally's eyes on him. Um, he has like a bowl shaped head, gray and red, um, and you really got to see this, uh, him carrying the flamed, uh, what looked like the R99 or it might've been a different gun, of course, but, uh, and he was chasing and then you got to see the screen kind of move over and show a new version of that skin with all red kind of inspired by the predator because one of the finishers was he pulled up something out of his shoulder and he, it was able to fire and kill the person kind of like the predator, um, does in the predator movie. So, very, very cool here. Now, one of the things that we did find out is that in the the text or the uh, data leaks from the data miners is that these are referred to as pilot skins. So it looks like most of these mythic skins that we will be getting will be referred to as pilot skins, um, which will make them pretty exciting to get. But it does suck if, if we if it's true about the heirloom shards, that does suck. 
And of course, the way that this works is once you unlock the skin, which apparently what, what was been said is that it's going to take $160 to even get the skin. That's how much you're going to have to spend to even unlock it. You will then have an infinite amount of time to do a certain amount of damage, a certain amount of kills or anything like that to upgrade the skin from the base skin of the gray and red um, bloodhound skin to the red with the fur on the shoulders and all that kind of skin. So interesting there. Um, not sure if it's exactly what I wanted. I wanted the ability to get an heirloom more. Um, maybe what this will do is that they'll start uh, awarding heirlooms more in packages rather than uh, because now they have something else that they can latch onto for the $160 that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are skin collectors. And so maybe they've noticed that people aren't where it ain't, people aren't spending the money on the heirloom. So they might be willing to spend the money on the bloodhound skins here. So, and of course, you know, the question is how often will these come out? Will they come out seasonally or will they come out only once anniversary? So then, you know, we're going to have to be waiting a long time. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to start coming out season. It's going to be a thing that's going to drop with every season. So we will see there as far as legend changes go. So legend changes are one of the big things that's happening this next season. Uh, the one legend that is getting changed and nerfed. I want to go ahead and throw this out there is caustic caustic traps are now um, what looks like 150 HP to destroy. The quicker you destroy them, the faster the, the gas dissipates. It looks like that once the canister is destroyed, there'll be a five second delay with gas still in the air before the gas actually dissipates. But you'll need to do around 150 hit points in order to take the canister down. This is a huge nerf to caustic, but the fact that the gas still stands there for about five extra seconds, it makes it so where even if you want to destroy a caustic barrel, you're going to have to focus the barrel rather than shoot into characters um, that might be on the other side of that barrel shooting back at you. So you're going to have to choose one or the other. Either you shoot the caustic barrel um, and, and hopefully do and you waste the ammo on that or you shoot the character that's behind the caustic barrel. So caustics will definitely just have to play a little bit more around their barrels in order for um, this to work um, because it is a pretty, pretty strong nerf and of course one reason why i think it is coming is because the riot drill itself i believe does 160 damage um in total and that's if it hits a target completely and so 160 damage is a enough damage to destroy one of these caustic barrels if the hp is set to 150 so you know that could be a reason why we're seeing that cap on on the health points um of course you know one thing i was interested in was are they going to add are they going to nerf Gibby and give him hit points on his bubble now? But it looks like they were able to counter his bubble with, with her uh, riot drill. So very interesting there. The next change and the only other change that we've really been told of is that crypto is getting buffed. Um, and this is pretty interesting. So I got to see Candy Roo play crypto. You're not able to throw your drone out to the point where you can execute the ult that it doesn't affect you. So if you want to throw your drone out, say in a straight line and open air, if you don't want your ult to affect you, once you set the drone, you still have to move backwards quite a bit of distance before you're not affected by your own ult. Very interesting there. Um, it makes for, uh, you know, you can't just run into a building 
uh, throw it and then stand there on the other side of the door, you're going to get hit by that ult as well. So, you know, pretty, pretty interesting there. The distance is still good enough, right? You're able to throw it enough distance so that if you need to, you don't, you don't have to get extremely close to a fight in order to be able to survey, you know, the whole area. Um, of course, the way that you get into your drone once you've thrown it is that you just hit Q again. You're able to get into your drone and throw away or however you, you enter your drone, whatever button you're using, get into there and then um, fly and do whatever you need to do. Um, and then, of course, the drone can also be attached to the side of a building or a surface so that it kind of hangs on the wall and is able to survey people in that way. So so pretty cool changes coming for crypto. It's exactly what people wanted to see. They wanted to see him be able to use his drone where he doesn't have to be forced to get into a state that his teammates must protect him. This gives the ability to crypto to really, um, you know, set his drone to a certain point. Um, you know, even if it is a shorter, a, sh a pretty short distance, but you're still able to set it up and, and not really worry about anything. And you can still keep firing. One of the coolest things, of course, is that you could be moving when you throw out your drone. So like, for instance, Candy Roo was, uh, you know, he was sliding down the hill and threw out his drone at the same time. And so you can be making a getaway or passing by a fight, throw your drone in and have it survey and not really worry about taking too much damage. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, crypto mains or anybody that really plays crypto uses this ability now to, uh, you know, and I, and I don't really know, you know, as somebody who plays a lot of crypto and I, I consider myself pretty good at crypto, I don't really know what this other than the ability to throw out the drone to not have to be stuck in a stationary position. It, it, the distance that's traveled is so short. I mean, I, I still think you can do it without getting into a fight or being a part of a fight, but with the distance being short, you still being able to be affected. I don't really know if it's going to make people want to play him more. Uh, the drone's very great, but if that's it, and and maybe it's not it. Maybe there's more coming out. Maybe we'll get more whenever the the uh, the patch notes come out. But right now, that's all we've got, right? So I don't really know if that's going to make or break crypto, right? I think it's going to make him a little bit more appealing, but I don't think it's really going to bring many people to him. The next thing is the gun changes. So the Volt and Alternator have switched in the care package. The Volt now does 17 damage to the body. Um, and the Alternator, it feels like the rate of fire maybe has slowed down or the damage has been decreased on it, but it definitely feels like a really nice weapon to use. I think that this was a good switch. I think the Volt is a perfect uh, care package weapon. Um, I don't really know if I agree with the... 17 damage. I think maybe it should be a little bit higher, but we will see how that goes. <coughs> Excuse me for the cough, but I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be great in the care package. Maybe not. Um, but it's definitely a viable option to switch out for the alternator. The next thing is that the flatline and longbow will no longer be ground loot, but will be moved to the replicator. There is no, no notes on what this will cost. Our only assumption is maybe it'll cost around the same uh, you know, I think one of the most expensive things in there is a hundred, uh, hundred crafting materials. I'm going to guess a hundred crafting materials. And I think that is also what is at, um, ramparts, uh, town takeover. I believe that that's how much it costs to unlock that. So I'm sure that might be what it's worth. 
Um, of course, the big thing here is, are you going to choose to take a long bow and a flat line, or are you going to choose to take a battery or a med kit? Um, you'll have to decide on what's more important to you at the time um, that you're using the replicator. So very interesting there. Um, it'll be sad for people who are used to picking flatline and longbow up, but at least now that you're able to get that gun whenever you want, as long as you land on a replicator, collect the materials, and then get to the replicator, and hopefully you have enough time to replicate it before you're pushed and you'll get the gun you want to play with. The next thing is that hammer point rounds have returned to the Mozambique, the P2020, and the RE45. The Mozambique's pretty strong. Uh, the Mozambique itself does about 40 damage to Shield's body, and then once you get the uh, hammer points on it, that's what the hammer points does. The hammer points uh, increases damage in particular to the P2020 2.35 times, for the Mozambique 2.6 something times, and so for the uh, RE45, we can assume sort of the same but for instance, if you shoot somebody with the Mozambique, you're going to hit them for 40 on the body and then it's 65 on main health, which if you get past the shields um, for, on your health, that's a two-shotter and you're dead and that's body. Um, the RE45, it looked like that every bullet was worth 17 points, um, 17 damage. So I don't really know the P2020 for, uh, for sure, but the RE45, once you get the shields broke, it, it really eliminates somebody really, really quick. Like within seconds, someone can be down. So it'll be interesting. How will the RE45 compare to the Mozambique or the P2020 with the hammer point rounds? I think it'll be preference on what you want to play. Um, if you're like me and you kind of like the automatic feel um, more than the Mozambique, I really don't care for the Mozambique, but a lot of people in arenas like it. Um, but if you like the automatic feel of the RE45, this will be a gun that you can carry and confirm kills with. Um, it will be a very, very quick sidearm to switch to. And the damage that you're going to be able to do as long as you can find the hammer point um, is just amazing. Even if you use such, you know, for instance, say you use a triple take to push in um, and you, you you break the shields and you switch really quick to RE45 with hammer points, you're going to be able to down somebody before they can even think about it. Now, the next thing that we saw as far as hopouts go is the kinetic feeder. So for the triple take and the peacekeeper, uh, basically what this does is it reloads and reduces charge time on the chokes while you're sliding. The, the charge time on the chokes while you're sliding is extremely fast, like less than like a second, almost a second, and you have your choke charge as long as you're sliding, right? This is as long as you're sliding. Um, so really I, I, the kinetic feeder, yeah, it's cool for the triple take if you're using it as a... Uh, you know, slide and, and if you're using it kind of like as a shotgun or if you're able to take those quick shots while you're sliding, it's going to be great for that. But this gun really, really helps the peacekeeper or this not gun, but the, the hop up really, really helps the peacekeeper a lot. Like it's crazy. The, the choke is immediately, I mean, a Maggie carrying this, that's going fast, that's able to slide fast. And then the reload time, what we've seen is that as you slide, the reload time itself um, decreases. So like for instance, the triple take when it's bare, it has 12 shots. Um, and what we saw was if you start sliding from like the top where you come into the firing range and you go all the way down the hill, it takes that entire length to actually reload all 12 shots. And you saw that as you reloaded those shots, it became much slower. So you were able to get your first three very, very quickly reloaded back into it. But once you got past that three, the six, 
the nine and the 12 were a much, much longer time. So, you know, you can't just literally slide like you would normally slide. You have to hold your slide a little bit in order to get the reload. So interesting here to see how it'll happen. People will have to get used to how the kinetic feeder works and, and if they really want to apply it. But I definitely think using the kinetic feeder with a peacekeeper while you're playing Maggie will be one of the biggest things you can do on that. Like it's going to be amazing to see the peacekeeper paired with a Maggie. It's going to hurt, but it's going to be definitely amazing to see that. All right. Well, that's all of the patch note leaks. Of course, there's probably more out there, but I wanted to give you the highlights. The next thing that I want to do. And the last thing is the wildlife in the outlands. So we asked quite a few questions and I'm just going to give you the results and maybe discuss them a little bit. I don't plan on spending much time here. Uh, maybe if we do more of an in-depth topic such as rank play and all that kind of stuff, we can explain and, and go into detail. This is one of those things that I was just curious, right? So the first question I asked is, would you like to see more wildlife added to the game? 60% of people said yes and 40% said no. So it's a almost an even split there is, it, you know, a lot of people do like the wildlife in the game. It adds another aspect that not only draws current players in whenever it comes to getting more ammo, but it also draws in other people who might be looking for PVE content in a PP, PVP game, right? So it adds an extra bit of thrill um, to areas such as Jurassic Park, to the different open areas on Stormpoint, all of those areas that have in and that have the PVE content, it, it it adds to a flavor a flavor to the game, right? If if you want to go through some of the rock features in Stormpoint in order to get through a choke, another team might be sitting out there on the other side, willing to shoot the sacks of spiders and drop them on your head, right? So you never know, right? So the next thing is, what is your favorite life wildlife in the game? Uh, the, the most was flyers. And I'm guessing that's because a lot of people think it's free loot, right? It's not only free loot, but it's free shield upgrade, um, because they don't attack you, right? And it's, they're easy to shoot. They fly off very slow. The next one was prowlers. The prowlers, of course, they're just kind of fun to play. And the last one was spiders. Um, and I think the reason for that is while you do get a lot of loot, like if you ever need ammo, you just need to find some spiders to kill. Um, but you, you don't get as many points towards your shields with the spiders and they, they, they tend to do more damage than a prowler. A prowler takes a few minutes to get to you or a few, you know, like 30, 40 seconds. Um, whereas spiders, they run right at you. They shoot their webs at you. They can bite you. They chase you. Um, the prowlers do that too, but the spiders are more effective in dealing damage. So it makes them a little bit harder to deal with. The next thing is what's your favorite wildlife in the game to kill and the first one, the best was prowlers. Um, and that might just be that there's a, uh, you know, in a harder aspect to them, right? The, the spiders are harder to kill, I believe, because they actually do more damage. But the prowlers are just kind of fun to shoot at because you can catch them roaming and get you a couple uh, points on your shields without even being attacked. If you do, because you can deal plenty of damage to kill them before they ever even start running off of you. Because usually once you shoot at a prowler, they stop in their tracks. You've already done a quarter of damage to their health. It takes two more shots to actually, you know, get them back uh, and actually chasing you. So very, very uh, interesting answers there. The next thing was the Goliath. So 
some things that we learned from this, uh, let me go over the questions first. So would you be okay with adding the Goliath of Storm Point through a map update? The majority said yes. If not Storm Point, which map? Most everybody says Storm Point's fine. The next that came in line was World's Edge. We actually get a comment later that, that explains their answer on that. Um, the next question was, since the Goliath is shown as powerful, very, very powerful, especially if you look back at the Bangalore trailer that we got to see stories from Outlines where Bangalore fights, not Bangalore, uh, Bloodhound fights the Goliath. Um, very, very powerful, kind of like a um, a coming of age for, for Bloodhound, um, showing what Bloodhound is made of to the rest of the, uh, you know, kind of as a character. Um, you know, would it be okay to isolate them in an area like Trials? Is that what you want to see? The overwhelming 80% said yes. Um, so then Minute Updates, the next one was Minute Updates, mentions an addition of a cave system that you could fight through to get to the Goliath, kind of like a, bas a, a boss battle. So I asked, would you be okay with that route? <clears throat> the majority of people said yes. All Actually, everybody said yes. There was no one that said no. They think it would be cool to see that cave system added. The next thing was something that I actually thought of myself. Would you rather see this fighting th through a cave system as a separate mode, kind of like fighting waves of wildlife, than getting the Goliath for some major XPN prizes? So you can either do this as they fight in the cave system. You could do this on an open area of a map where you just have prowlers uh, spawning, uh, maybe even like have a, a random mode where you're in trials in the middle with guns, everything that you need and they release things. And then finally you get to beat a Goliath as a boss battle that hops around the whole room, all that kind of stuff. Only 66% said yes. So there wasn't a full hundred percent that said yes. Um, so a lot of people would rather see this on the map, but then <laughs> whenever, according to those, but then whenever we got to, which would you rather have? Which was my next question. 66% said they would rather have it as a separate mode. And so what I'm getting out of this is that people enjoy LTMs, right? The LTM control has sparked so much, so much excitement in the community. It's caused people to get excited about Apex more than they ever have. Um, season 12 is now looking as to be one of the best seasons to happen because of adding this mode and, and hopefully the potential of the mode staying. So having another mode where you're able to have a flood like sequence um, is very, very appealing to people. According to this survey, very, very interesting answers there on the Goliath. And then of course I asked any con any comments do you have? Right. Uh, and I'll read them off real quick. Cause there's not that many. Adding the wildlife as a way to level up gear is a neat mechanic, and I'm down for any way to expand that idea. Of course, you know, that could prove that maybe they want to see the Goliath because a Goliath drops a whole lot of loot versus a Prowler and a Spider that drop very little. Uh, the next one is, I believe Bloodhound's Trials on World Jazz is in need of a rework and a revamp. And the Goliath was originally intended to be on World's Edge. So I propose we open up a big side of the wall and blow out some of the pipes that the prowlers come out and implement the cave system detailed in minute updates video, or just stop adding PVE to BR in general prowlers suck ASS. <laughs> so a big one sounds um, bad. So this person either wants to see an expansion on the trials in world's edge or just PVE taken out from general generally in BR um, I, I'm okay with the world's edge update. 
I don't really care for trials that much. When you do drop trials, you usually get thirded from somebody in Skyhook or from staging. So I think it's staging. It's so whatever that POI is. Um, but so it's never really a fun place to drop. And also, I mean, you do get some great loot there, but it's kind of like um, risk or reward, right? The next one is adding a PVE element might break the hardcore meta, but I think it'd be it'd bring in more casual people who are apprehensive about not being so great at PVP. Extremely, you know, like I said, this could be um, something that people outside of Apex find appealing, and so therefore they come in and play it just for the PVE content, making Storm pa Storm Point one of their favorites. And I think by adding a separate mode, you would definitely get people um, brought in just for the horde mode because we saw. You know, even with something like Call of Duty, when when zombies were added to the game, a player base came over strictly to play zombies. There still is a player base today um, strictly playing zombies, people that only want to play zombies. And you might get that if you were to bring a full time mode in the game that was a horde mode with prowlers, flyers, spiders and having Goliath as your boss. Right. So. Um, could make it very interesting there. And we've seen modes like that, not only popular in um, Call of Duty, but also games like Overwatch when they had different kind of uh, events and things like that. People enjoyed that kind of content, right? The next thing is that um, I think that it would be a, a thing where only one team at a time could fight to prevent it from getting, prevent from getting shot while fighting the Goliath. I, I agree with that. I think that, if your team was to make it to the chamber or something that the Goliath was being held in, maybe the door gets locked uh, while you're fighting the Goliath or is only activated by on the inside of this area so that another team can push you. But again, it might be risk versus reward. Maybe, you know, you just go in, you, you try to kill the Goliath before another team pushes in and you hope for the best. I don't really know, but I think it would be very interesting to see how this is going to work whenever the Goliath is interested the other person, I think having the Goliath on World's Edge would make for some sense lore-wise due to be World's Edge. Of course, that's another World's Edge reference there, and it, it does make sense. And then someone said, either is cool, truth be had, as long as in a place that won't super affect ranked gameplay, I think it's fine. So if it is added in something like World's Edge, people are afraid that it's going to affect the gameplay. I completely, um, especially in ranked, you know, if it's in pubs, that's great. In ranked, you definitely don't want to have something like the Goliath in a map if it's going to allow other teams to push you or land on you and, and uh, you know, land on you on purpose or scout you out because you've landed the Goliath. And, and really what I think it would do is if you put it in something like ranked, the people wouldn't land in that area because they know the risk is way worse than the reward. So, um, <laughs> or you just have to up the reward, right, Respawn? So, you, you know, I'm excited about what... Um, these surveys are going to do. I, I'm excited about the Goliath in, in particular. I think it's going to add something to the game um, that that would bring kind of like this control. Control has brought a, a excitement to the game. And so, you know, some of the things that we've been asked to talk about next in our surveys is armors, um, talking about the different armor drops, uh, talking about ranked, talking about how we would make up our um, our backpack, all those different things. So be looking out for... The next survey, the surveys are on the top of the link tree. So if you want to get an, uh, a link to that, make sure you visit the link tree. The survey will be right there. Um, very, very good turnout for the survey um, with 15 responses. It went over very well. You know, whenever we had done the surveys on a past show I was on, you know, we were getting anywhere from 
10 to 15 and just already having an upward number of 15 is very, very great. Um, it's awesome to see this data from everybody and to really look at it. I'm hoping that in future podcasts, we're able to get more voices on here so that we're able to hear from, you know, community members or even our other hosts about all of these topics. And so extremely thankful for all those who filled out the survey and I look forward to your responses on the next one. So with that, I would like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, make sure that you visit our link tree. Our link tree is the, is the best place to find us. It's at linktree forward slash BR underscore broadcast, where you'll find every one of our links, including our di our discord, our Twitch, our Twitter, our anchor. Um, and of course, we would love for you to support us by looking at our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash BR underscore broadcast, where you can donate for as little as $1 a month to $5 a month, where you get, you know, gameplay reviews. You get uh, added to a special place in the Discord where I will share the notes with you. You get one-on-one -on -one conversation. You get the chance to come on the show. Really, once you become a donator, and even if you're not a donator, you know, you can still have access to some things. Um, and, and definitely we would love for almost anybody to be on the show. So if you're interested in coming on the show in any capacity or even helping out with the show through social media, through discord, anything like that, make sure you come DM me. Um, I am geo. Um, the best place to reach me is on any of the broadcast social medias. Um, of course, you know, one of the best places to reach me is the, the Twitter because I'm on there the most. But the best place ever to reach me is the Discord at geo number 4574. And I'll give you that because I definitely want you to add me as a friend. Join our Discord and play with us. We we love playing with our listeners. Um, that is the highlight of the whole podcast. There's no podcast without the listeners. There is no content if we don't play the game. And the best place to play the game um, and the best people to play the game with is with you all, the listeners. And so please definitely join there. And of course, add me again at geo number 4574 on Discord. Please rate and review the show, right? You can do that on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a five star. Let us know how things are doing. Even if you don't want to put words on Apple Podcasts, just clicking the five stars will help us out tremendously as we are competing with other Apex shows. We like to all think of ourselves as a big community. Um, we share ideas with each other and things like that, but we are essentially all competing and those stars really help us get to the top of that board. When somebody start, types in apex legends on one of the podcasters out there. And of course, share and uh, share with the show with your friends. We uh, definitely want to see more people come in. You know, we've established a, a, a good group of people on the discord. We definitely want to see more of you come into the discord. And the only way that that can be happen is if you take this show and you share it with your other friends. And with that, Geo is out, and I thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time here on Broadcast.